So a brother of mine, as in my only brother, uh, lives in Plymouth and he's married to an American. So you have uh, uh, an Irish fellow with a solid Irish accent that hasn't changed in the slightest, uh, regardless of the fact that he's in England now seven, eight years. There's no tinge of a British accent whatsoever. Still solid, proper country, middle of tip kind of accent. And then his wife, who's from Iowa, who has a proper American accent. And then the kids who have this astoundingly British accent, like it's proper Oxford English. Uh, so it's just very funny just to hear them talking. Uh, and of course, the kids are going to school. So Fanula, the, the, the oldest, came home and she said, Mummy, Mummy, um, how does one pronounce E-R? Um, and her mom from Iowa, Alex, says, uh, E-R, like a burger, er. No, Mummy, um, teacher says it's pronounced er, like Burger, <laughs> and, and, uh, or then, or then Fanula, she's getting smart. Like, she's, so she, she, she asks, she, she plays dumb in order to get her mom to say things. Mummy, mummy, what does one call the um, curved uh, yellow fruit? A banana. <laughs> Did you hear? Mummy called it a banana. Mummy, it's banana. <laughs> it's, it's clearly banana, and um, it's just, it's. It's so funny to hear them talk. Uh, so we all know in the family who the posh kids are going to be. Um, but it's, a, it's an, interesting kind of a, an interesting kind of a dynamic, I guess, with this kind of cultural collision uh, in, in their family. And, and obviously there's no malice at all in the kids when they say those things. Absolutely no malice. But we can see how when, we become, when one becomes a teenager, um, uh, how our attention is drawn more to the opinion of our peers, the opinion of our friends, than the opinion of our parents. As in, when you're a teenager, it doesn't really matter to you if your mom likes what you're wearing. What is important to you is that your friends like what you're wearing. You know, because this is, the, it's, it's now your peers' opinion that's more important. Uh, so like from our teenage years, we begin to, to kind of, if you will, cut the apron strings a bit and assert our own opinions and our own selves and, and form a little independence, uh, which is, necessary to a degree I mean it's, it's we do have to make our own decisions live our own lives as long as of course we still recognize the wisdom of our parents uh, and, and recognize their experience which we do not yet have as teenagers or as young people okay so I'm up, fast forward and apply all of this then to how we see God because these things these things they, they, they almost always go parallel until maybe we recognize what's happening Generally speaking, we're going to see God as we saw our parents. That's just, it's just the way things naturally go. Again, this isn't something we do deliberately, but it's just, if my parents were good providers, but not good listeners, God is going to be a good provider, but not really interested in listening to me. Right? If our parents were maybe absent, then I will believe God exists, He's there, but again, doesn't really care about me. Would never actually care enough to kind of hang around to be with me. So he, but he's there. Yeah, sure he exists. Yeah, it's fine. Somewhere. Or if my parents were very affirming and very loving and made me, made me feel protected and safe, then generally speaking, it's going to be no problem at all for me to think God will keep me safe and protect me and he's my father. And that's just, the, the, the transition is very natural. You know, and we, we see it. We, we see it when you're working with with young people. Uh, 
just those who come from, from families where mom and dad are there and, and faithful and, don't get me wrong, still have their struggles, still have their battles and still have their difficulties, but work their way through them together, they're going to have a, a, a much healthier understanding of God uh, as father and as loving, as opposed to those who come from a, a more difficult background. Again, this isn't judging anyone, it's just, it's just, it's just life. Okay, today we heard a, a reading that which it just didn't seem to fit at all to finish it with the word of the Lord, thanks be to God. Um, it's prophet Jeremiah and he's telling, he's just being so honest about the fact that this generation doesn't want to listen to God, right? He said, like this, this generation does not want to hear God. They follow the dictates of their own evil hearts, refuse to face me, turn their backs on me from the, day of your from the day your ancestors came out of Egypt until today. Day after day, I have persistently sent you all my servants, the prophets. But these people, you, have not listened to me. They have not paid attention. They've grown more stubborn and behaved even worse than their ancestors. You can say all the words you want to them. They will not listen to you. What an awful thing like to, for, for God to have to say. I can send my prophets and I can say whatever I want. It makes no difference. They're not going to listen. They're not going mean, to Imagine being the prophet who has to do the saying. Be the prophet who has to do all this preaching knowing they're not going to listen to me. Awful, awful vocation. So tell them this. Here is the nation that will not listen to the voice of the Lord its God, nor take correction. Sincerity is no more. It has vanished from their mouths. The word of the Lord. Thanks, thanks be to God. It's just, it's an awful reading. It's awful to think that we can get to this stage in our relationship with God that we just don't listen to him anymore. We just really just don't care. Just don't care what he has to say. He's got all of his wonderful little divine opinions up there. We've got ours. I think we can take care of ourselves. Or I think I can take care of myself. I think I know better. And so th this there's this, this separation. If you think like, you know, God who is our father, we who are his children, what on earth are we after doing? How on earth could we get to a stage where we could, if you will, like look up at God, our almighty, eternal father, and say, yeah, I've got this. I've got this sorted. You can move on there and help the Pope. I've got, you know, my things sorted. It's, it's just, it's dangerously wrong. It's dangerously arrogant to say that we can do this on our own in the church, in family life, in, in any walk of life. What on earth do we know and what exactly do we control? Very, very little. So it's a, it's a, it's a hard reading. And the psalm then continues that theme, oh, that today you would, you would listen to his voice. Harden not your hearts. Do not harden your hearts to God. There's a theme which... Father Paul, uh, the founder of my community, would, would speak about a lot, which is one of those teachings that's so simple, it's like milk, if, you, if you're not lactose intolerant. You, you know, you can, it's the kind of thing you can just drink in, it doesn't require much digestion, uh, but the application of it in real life can be a different ballgame altogether. <coughs> but he would often say to us, in, in German, it's lastig lieben, which means let yourself be loved. So it's like when we go into the chapel, there's a, probably a tendency in many of us or most of us to feel I have to do something 
to earn God's love. I have to pray a lot. I have to live a certain life. Um, I have to kind of walk this tightrope of uh, my own will and then the desires of the world and all these things and try, try and walk. And if I do this, then God will be happy. And then God will love me. Or then he'll see me. Or then I'll have his attention. Now, obviously, we should aim and strive to live a good and virtuous life and so on and to, to, to obey his, his commandments and so on. But it's not that that makes him love us. We have God's love and attention regardless. Regardless. Why? Because he's a father. And, and a child who is a little unruly or difficult at school or uh, a little bit of a fighter or whatever it may be, may, yes, may get a little more attention from their parents because they need it. A, a sick child. If there's a, a, a family with three or four children and one of them has leukemia or something, obviously that child is going to get more attention because it needs it. But all of the children are loved. All are loved. And this is how it is with God, even more so, even in, in a much more perfect way. This is how it is with God, where as our Father, he loves us simply because we're here. Effectively, he has loved us into existence. He has loved you into existence. If you exist, it's because you have been loved into existence by God. So, when we come into the chapel, when we're praying at any point, anywhere, it's so helpful to immerse ourselves into that reality. Like uh, we meditated a couple of days ago with, with St. John Vianney and prayer, just like immersing yourself into a, into a bath, you know? So when we come into to prayer, rather than thinking, we must get through this, and I'll get through my rosary, then I'll get through my evening prayer, and then I'll do a bit of journaling, I and mean, we've got all this kind of schedule done out, which is it's not bad, but like, don't, don't forget the, the, the point of it all, the, the goal of it all, is to be immersed in God, and to receive, just receive his love, just let myself be loved. Again, as, as teenagers and then as young adults, it doesn't happen very often, like even when we go home to our moms and daddies, they don't just kind of, you know, hug us for ages, like they would if you, you know, if you were a child, you just pick up the child and the child would sit in your lap and whatever. Um, uh, that doesn't happen, thankfully, <laughs> as when we're teenagers or young adults, you can't go home, if I sat in my mother's lap now, I might <laughs> dislocate a hip in her. Um, but, but, but we can still let ourselves be loved, just to let ourselves be loved, unearned, unworthy as we may be, just to let God love us. Oh, that today we would just listen to his voice and harden not our hearts, but just receive the love that's being offered. I don't know how to describe it, really. I, I don't know how to put it into words. I don't know. It's, I don't know. It's like being dropped into it. Yeah, a, a, a nice, warm, comfortable swimming pool. Um, or a big, warm duvet. You know, you're just kind of surrounded by this, by this love. And you don't have to do anything. Just, just receive it. It's a free gift. And sometimes maybe we see this in, in practical things in our lives as well. Sometimes, uh, sometimes we love receiving gifts. Some people, some people love gifts. Some people get really excited for gift-giving season, <laughs> otherwise known as Christmas. Um, 
you know, some people really just love giving gifts and love receiving gifts, all the excitement of opening gifts and all this kind of thing. And other people really don't like gifts at all because then they kind of feel indebted. You get something and you go, oh, thanks. What do I have to get her now? You know, <laughs> and you know, it's kind of this, like, I, you know, why, why are you investing time in me? Why are you getting me a gift? Because, you know, I didn't ask for it. Um, I don't really need it. And you kind of, again, forgetting the whole point of the thing is that a gift is given for free. You're not indebted to anyone. It's an expression of love. Let yourself be loved. And if you've got walls, fences, turrets up around your heart that you don't want to let yourself be loved, ask the Lord to help you take them down. Ask the Lord to help you let yourself be loved, to help you let that love in. And you may feel unworthy of it. That's, well, then accept that. Okay, I am unworthy of it, but I accept it anyway. Let yourself be loved by God. We don't have to earn his love. Because what we're dealing with, or who we're dealing with, is a loving father. I don't have to tell him what to do. I don't have to have the answers. But if you think of the, like, the patience, the, the, the infinite love that, that he, as the creator of the universe, could wait for cheeky little me to kind of get out of the way, stop giving him advice, and just receive his love. And yet he waits, and he waits, and it may be years, may even be decades, as he waits for us to be willing to receive this gift. Let yourself be loved. First lines of our psalm. It's kind of the, it's the opposite. If we, if we, the the chorus is, oh, that today you would listen to his voice, harden not your hearts. And then the first sign of the, of the psalm, come, ring out our joy to the Lord, hail the Rock who saves us. Let us come before him, giving thanks with songs. Let us hail the Lord. Let this be our prayer today. Let us receive the Lord's love, and rejoice and exult, and be so joyful and confident in his providence, in his love, that we just simply bathe in it for the day. Amen. So dear brothers and sisters, I'd just like to take this opportunity to thank you all for joining us on YouTube or on Paving the Way Home or on Spotify, wherever you've listened to these homilies. Thank you so much for being part of our mission and for continuing to support our mission. It was a great gift that during lockdown, uh, we could branch out or broaden uh, our, our outreach so much uh, through technology. So it was, that's been a wonderful privilege and honor. Uh, I'd ask two things, if I may. <clears throat> One, that we'd really appreciate your prayers for our mission. So we have our young people here with us this year. And then there are also there's a youth ministry, family ministry, and hopefully in the near future, men's ministry, which we hope to engage in. So we'll ask for your prayers for uh, all of those outreaches. And if you feel that the Lord is calling you to support us also financially, uh, we would greatly, greatly appreciate it. Uh, running a place like this is, is not cheap, and uh, 
we do need uh, benefactors help to, to keep the show on the road and to keep our doors open and to keep this place of formation uh, alive for uh, the young people that come to us we have opened our applications for next year as well so if you know anybody who might like to apply, they can do so through our website, holyfamilymission.ie. And also, if you'd like to make any donations, you can do so through our website, holyfamilymission.ie, or send us an email if you'd like to uh, arrange some other form of donation. But we would be greatly, greatly appreciative of any support that you can give us uh, through your prayer and through your financial support. All right. So God bless, and we're praying for you here in Holy Family.